This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. This is a special episode where we are going to obsess over reviewing a movie. You're going to hear all about our feelings. I am joined by my wife and partner in podcasting, Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. My pleasure to be here and have feelings about movies. It is nice <laughs> to be in our home having feelings. You know. And putting them into a microphone. <laughs> so we're going to put some feelings into a microphone about the movie Aquaman. Yes, we are. This was a big, weird weekend as we record for movies. Uh, we also saw Mary Poppins Returns and had some thoughts and feelings about that. Maybe we'll do a special Mary Poppins Returns uh, episode as well. Yeah. But for now, we're going to go deep, deep into the sea and then also above the sea sometimes. Two worlds to talk all about <laughs> Aquaman. We haven't done one of these Obsessed Reviews episodes in a while. The structure is a little different than our normal episode. So uh, hopefully you will enjoy this. The first thing I have to say is, Awuga, Awuga, this is Spoiler Town. I, yeah. I, I don't feel like talking about movies unless you can talk about all of them. So we're going to talk about uh, the whole movie. So if you haven't seen Aquaman and you want to know, uh, be going into the movie spoiler free. Stop listening. Go watch Aquaman. Then come back here. All right. Are you ready to get into this? I am ready. Yeah. Normally when we record these episodes, uh, we often have a cocktail. Yeah. Inappropriately, we both just have water. Exactly. We're on theme. <laughs> We're on theme. <laughs> We're aqua people. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to start by discussing why did we even go to this movie in the first place? Uh, so <laughs> from your perspective, why did you go to see Aquaman in a movie theater? <laughs> um, I went for a few reasons. One, because I was very interested to see it. Two, because uh, you bought tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told and you. You told me. It well, wasn't yes, like yeah. a surprise. surprise. <laughs> uh, and and three, because we have uh, been together for many years, and I feel like Aquaman is one of those characters that I probably I probably knew that Aquaman existed before, but I knew that Aquaman, but I. I remember hearing you talk about Aquaman. So like that's my first real connection to Aquaman is hearing you be excited about Aquaman. Okay. And so I uh and so I kind of feel like Aquaman, Joseph, we need to go do this Aquaman thing. Like that is my <laughs> initial reaction when I uh hear about Aquaman is that I need to tell you and then we need to do something together about it. Okay, cool. That's great. So, uh yeah, I will share some of my Aquaman feelings, but first yeah. I wanted to ask you. So, we go to a lot of the big pop culture genre superhero movies in particular. Yeah. Uh, obviously the the DC movies have been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um there've been some that we went to together that neither of us were too sure about the more dark gritty ones. And then of course we obviously loved wonder woman. Mm -hmm. Was there any part of you that felt like, uh, I'm not sure about Aquaman because of the roller coaster ride of our own reactions to DC movies? You know, there wasn't, and there probably should have been. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was just so certain that it was going to be that they were going for the, this is a fun, crazy it's an underwater superhero or a semi-underwater superhero that I just, for some reason, I blindly trusted. And I don't know why, because I haven't, uh, no offense, DC movies people, but I have not blindly trusted them on anything um, other than a little bit for Wonder Woman. And that one totally paid off. Yeah. And I just kind of trusted like, OK, this is going to go somewhere fun and I'm on for the ride. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've definitely had a tortured relationship with the the DC movies. Yeah. It is mind-boggling that a Justice League movie came out. I saw a Justice League movie in the theater. Yeah. And I don't think it was awful. It was just for, in my opinion, just sort of there. Yeah. It had some great moments. It had some very questionable moments. And it had Superman's uncanny valley lip kind of flapping at me, (laughs) (laughs) making me feel uncomfortable and amused at the same time. But just the thought of uh, the the time traveling back to child me mm-hmm. who grew up watching super fans reading justice league comics the idea that a justice league movie would not really be an event it would yeah. be like oh yeah uh so there's been some damage yeah. there's been some you know some ups and downs in the relationship but i've always been excited for aquaman because uh, he has been for so many years the joke character mm-hmm. um super friends in particular did a lot of damage to him by 
that cartoon really pointing out that he's the water guy. He can only be on land for an hour, but we never have any water stories really to benefit him. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they really did a disservice to the character and in comics and in the uh, the Justice League Unlimited cartoon uh, from early 2000s. They did a great job with him. Uh, I wrote a blog post, which is probably where you heard me talking about Aquaman. I wrote a blog post, I want to think around 2014, mm-hmm. kind of a joking, uh, it, it was from Aquaman's perspective where he was swearing and angry and sick of people not knowing his actual backstory that yeah. made him an interesting character of this person trapped between two worlds and how truly powerful he actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was happy to see how many people were like, yes, yes, <laughs> finally, some vindication for Aquaman. And yeah. the person who was writing the Aquaman comic book for DC at the time uh, found it and retweeted it and that. So for me, it was a revelation that Aquaman had shifted, at least in the comic book fan culture, from the absolute joke to a real underdog. Yeah, yeah. And I think the movie carried that energy for me of everybody seemed, not everybody, I shouldn't ever say everybody, Mm -hmm. many people seemed to respond well to this strange take on Aquaman that was in the Justice League movie of Aquaman, but he plays bass in Soundgarden in 1992 (laughs) with that hair and the, my man, and just that, uh, that weird... Uh, attitude, uh, mm-hmm. that weird combination of influences to create that Aquaman character. And Jason Momoa is obviously uh, pretty well liked and very savvy at engaging with fans. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see this blockbuster coming out that still had a little bit of an underdog edge of like, yeah. it's insane that there's an Aquaman movie coming to the theaters. It's insane that people expect it to go well after the up and downs of the DC movie. But there Jason Momoa is, just loud and proud, and he's going to be Aquaman whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be excited about it, hair yeah. flipping excited about it. Exactly. It's, it's really cool to go into a blockbuster, a huge, ridiculously expensive blockbuster going, ah, you little guy, you can do it. You little tyke, <laughs> I bet you can do it. Yeah, right. You and your whatever it is, $200 million budget, I bet you can. <laughs> so that's why I saw it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So what did you like about the movie? I liked how fun it was. Yeah. I, so I, my, like my overall reaction is that I really liked it. um, And I just felt like it was really fun. And I feel like, I mean, that's such a basic term, but that is what kept going through my brain throughout uh, watching the film is I just kept thinking, this is so fun. And yeah. as it would have twists and turns, I'd be like, oh, what about this? Oh, what do I think about that? But the overriding sense was just that I was on a wave of fun. Yeah. An uh, Aquaman wave of fun. Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. To call it something fun seems like, is that really my review? It's <laughs> one word, three letters. But uh, superhero movies can be lots of things, right? They mm-hmm. can be moving. They can be tragic. They can be profound they can be high octane there can be like lots of cool adventure they can be gritty they can be dark yeah um you know i think wonder woman was you know uh, a, a sort of transformative culturally mm-hmm. uh, absolutely cathartic yeah um yeah so when you when you look at the pantheon of like all superhero movies probably should be fun up to a point but they have been a lot of things in the fact that aquaman is coming back to yeah he wears bright orange and green like a 1970s kitchen threw up on him and he is going to swim around in bright blue unreal water communicating with fish that is really tilting the scale back to like we are not apologizing for comic books we are putting a giant comic book a comic book not a graphic novel Mm -hmm. not the watchman we are putting he talks to fish. Yeah. On the big screen. Yeah. And I th- and I think that's uh that is a great explanation um for for what I some of what I was reacting to because I'll put it in three words. It was a wave of fun. Uh, which, <laughs> not to, but it was Technically because, that's four words unless you wanted to give oh, a cave sorry. person review and say wave of fun. Wave of fun. <laughs> I guess it was five words if I say it was a wave of fun. Uh anyway. <laughs> wave of fun. <laughs> I think that it's it just it, that's exactly I'm just going to repeat what you said. Uh but basically it 
I felt like it just it super concentrated on comic books are fun. Yeah. This is a fun story. And there's lots within it. There's ups and there's downs and there's conflict and there's, you know, uh, sadness and there's joy and there's triumph. And it's not like it's just like fun, 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 fun yeah. throughout the movie. Um, but I was enjoying it so much. And also my other instant reaction was I can't wait to watch this again. Ooh, good. Which I feel like that is a great... Especially for kind of the the blockbuster style movie, that's what you want, is you want something that you want to see again. Right. When you're sitting there in the theater in the middle of it, you want to be like, I can't wait to own this on Blu-ray and watch it whenever yeah. whenever I want. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't even take all of this in right now because there's so much going on in a good way. And I just want to dive in. And I don't mean to keep using water <laughs> metaphors. But you know what? We use them a lot in daily life, which I think that means that Aquaman is more present in our daily lives than we give him credit for. I think that is a really good observation <laughs> that it's hard to talk about Aquaman without using dumb water-based puns. It is. It just happens. It is. Uh, I think your instinct uh, to, to discuss our overall feelings, smart. Um, yeah, what were yours? Well, I think the the short thing I want to say is that I feel like there are, if I put my very critical hat on and mm-hmm. my writerly hat in particular, I feel like there are a couple major problems. Like, I feel like I have a couple criticisms. I think some of the dialogue could really have used another pass, and mm-hmm. I think the movie could have been edited mm-hmm. substantially. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with both of those, by the but, way. But, and I feel like, on one hand, like, those are major criticisms. On the other hand... My actual experience of sitting there and watching it was like, I I recognize these problems and I don't care mm-hmm. because everything else about it was so much fun. So like I would never say to somebody, especially somebody who is really looks at movies in a very critical way. And if they feel like they have major problems, they can't get past them to enjoy the other treats. Yeah, I would not say to that person, I personally think this is a great movie. I think this is right. a very flawed movie, but as a viewer idiosyncratically i don't give a shit i loved all of the weirdness yeah yeah i um if i to go off of that i i do feel like uh you know there's a lot of conversation over the years of you know can these big um big budget kind of superhero or blockbuster type movies be eligible for awards yeah and i am totally as i have said before (laughs) on this podcast in the camp that they should be but that doesn't mean that they all are and i think that's a good for myself, were I a voting member of an awards, I loved this movie, but I don't feel like it is a critical, like award-winning, like it's not going to get best script. Yeah, I, I think I, Wonder I, Woman. I, did, think it, I think Wonder Woman deserved best screenplay. I do, uh, I or at least not a nomination. a nomination. Yeah, I I don't think Aquaman does. No, but yeah, they're different yeah. levels. I mean, this is why I, I really <laughs> hope that we can continue to have more nuanced conversations about mm-hmm. movies instead of just is it good, is it bad? Because obviously, I'm very opinionated about they're subjective yeah but even within yourself you i think you can look at it a couple different ways yeah yeah Uh, and there's movies that you like to watch for different reasons yeah and to continue with the water themes i feel like (laughs) i feel like actually it it does sort of wash over you it grabs Mm -hmm. you and you just sort of like go along with the tide you know and there's a part of me that i am fascinated by things that are less than perfect Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Man into into the Spider-Verse, which we also saw and could yeah. do an episode on, I think is, in in my subjective opinion, like almost perfect. It is a perfectly structured, tight film. It's a perfect superhero film. It's a perfect Spider-Man film. But there's a part of me that is uh, equally attracted to a very flawed movie like Aquaman. Yeah. Because maybe it's something about that underdog thing, <laughs> that the underdog thing becomes meta of like... Yeah, it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it no, has so absolutely. many charms, and it and it is made with such love and just wanton excitement. Clearly, yeah. by the filmmakers. Well, and I think that speaks so much to a lot of what we love as people, and I think some of why uh, a lot of people uh, gravitate toward comic books and superheroes is you know you love the. The, the homemade gift which may not be perfect or even the thing you know like the idea <laughs> that Aquaman a, is a homemade gift <laughs> you know with, what are you doing with your 200 million dollar budget for somebody's Christmas present um <laughs> well it, it really is like like in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is like oh, someone bought me a Nissan and just put it you know in the front yard with a ribbon yeah. and then Aquaman is like 
Aw, my nephew made me a drawing. <laughs> and I love them both for yeah. different reasons. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think it speaks to that very basic element that we want. Uh, we need our heroes to have flaws to to better enjoy them. Yeah. And sometimes our movies, too. Yeah. Uh, so then I want to... We've talked a lot about some of the things uh, that we liked. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things uh, that I liked and see uh, what you think of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just Jason Momoa himself... Mm-hmm. Uh, they crafted this interesting combination of all of these different traits that Aquaman has had over the years, mm-hmm. including really explicitly making him an underdog with that great bullying scene with him as a kid, yeah. accidentally calling to the sharks yeah. and seeing it's just such a neat trick to go, Hey, look, here's this guy. He's charming, ridiculously attractive, super good in a fight, mm-hmm. you know, loves his dad, like all these great things about this person. <laughs> But feel sorry for him because he's an underdog. And they made you feel that. Yeah, you know? it works. Uh, so I just think the fact that he was super likable. I love uh, in the whole world of just embracing stuff. Mm-hmm. I love just getting it out of the way right away that the that social media dubbed him Aquaman. And Aquaman <laughs> is his damn name, yeah. you know? And that's, a, that's such a comic book movies have wrestled with that forever. They've had names come from government you know, assignment mm-hmm. they've had names from come from uh, reporters naming yeah. them, and it's such a great update and such an, a realistic one. It's like, where would a kind of cheesy, dumb name come from these days? Social media. Yeah, he's hashtag Aquaman. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely works. Um, and then a big part of it to me, which I think spoke to some of uh, to a lot of the movie being uh, very uh, purposeful, is this early '80s fantasy vibe Mm -hmm. like some of the dialogue that to me was like a a little flat and exposition heavy Mm -hmm. very felt like on purpose trying to be kind of like early 80s we're explaining all this stuff and then these crazy visuals with music that sounded like it could have been from flash gordon from Mm -hmm. the you know uh, Mm -hmm. early 80s uh, flash gordon movie with some kind of those high-pitched little (laughs) while you're watching you know Big warriors ride sharks. It's just like it's so over the top. It's so that intersection of science fiction and heavy metal that happened in the early 80s, which fits with this interpretation of Aquaman, Mm -hmm. you know, flipping his long hair and saying, my man, and all right, and this is badass. Like it. So all of these sort of absurd elements felt like, yes, we know what we're doing. They're from a cultural moment and we're celebrating that that cultural moment and bringing it into the modern age mm-hmm. yeah i felt like all all of that it felt very intentional and like they were making choices which i, I know everybody who works on movies they make choices but i feel like not always it, <laughs> sometimes they just do like hey this is when you do this kind of scene you shoot it this way yeah but i felt like or or that's interesting i didn't know but um i felt like that was it just it felt like they chose a, a vision Mm-hmm. And stuck with it, and were able to make it work uh, partially from Jason Momoa. Uh, one thing that I think I commented to you on was the hair flip, because they made <laughs> they made a point of it, and it was one of those things that to me could have been like the cheesy, you know, like talking like eighties television. The that's the segment where it slows down just a little bit, and you see yeah, like, the, the water droplets like <laughs> coming off of his hair. But they didn't go that far. They didn't go into the cheese of it, but they also leaned into it to me in a way that totally worked, which yeah. I wasn't sure honestly. Um, I think in the um, Justice League with some of the hair pl- flips, I think both of us. Uh, but I'll speak for myself. I sometimes was like, mm, how do I feel about this? But in this one, I was totally on board. I felt like they sold it, and it was all part of that same. Um, it was part of who he is, and it was part of the the um, the words and the language that they were using to tell this version of their story. Yeah, I really appreciated his first action scene on the sub mm-hmm. because, for a lot of different reasons, many hair flips were found there. Yeah, and this was the like just pump your fist. He's a cool badass. He you know is taking people down in inventive ways. Yeah, um, and then they used the music to tell you it was okay to have a little bit of a sense of fun and humor about it because they had that little uh, musical phrase that was like, oh, shit, Aquaman's here. I, I'm yeah. terrible at uh, recreating music, but it's that sort of dinner, mm-hmm. a real proclamation, Aquaman is here. And the fact that they just kept playing it a, like seconds after 
each sting was like, oh, ha- have a little sense of fun about this. Yeah. And then when you get much farther in the movie and he's going on this difficult journey that he's dragging his feet about and he acknowledges, I keep getting my ass kicked. It's great to have had that scene at the beginning when he's like, I'm in my element. I'm tougher than everybody else. I'm kind of waltzing through it like it's fun. Yeah. It's a great like that's actually like great storytelling to have yeah. started with like seeing him fully formed and able to kick ass mm-hmm. to contrast, you know, the actual difficulties of his hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah. And all those little musical notes, it's almost like thinking about it like a comic book. It's like they're the little uh, it's his little version of Bam or Thwap yeah. or something like that. You can almost see that uh, in the music. Of every time it comes out, that would be yeah. what you would see on the screen. Or see on the, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. on the page. <laughs> <laughs> Splatouche. Yes, all sorts of cool words like that. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing uh, that I liked about it is that this was fantasy underwater, mm-hmm. not real underwater oh. in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Uh, there's a famous line from Mystery Science Theater 3000 that sort of uh, encapsulates this experience that underwater scenes are the drum solos of movies of like <laughs> technically impressive, but not thrilling to everybody, you know? Yeah. And you think of, move, you know, James Bond movies like Thunderball. And that, that's like, wow, that's really impressive. You choreographed and shot these massive fight scenes underwater. Yeah. But it's real underwater. So it's a little slow. And I love that this was just insane fantasy underwater. Yeah, where absolutely. Everything is fast, fast, fast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not the rules of underwater. And there's different creatures than we have, than we know of underwater. Yeah. yeah I'm absolutely on board with the fantasy. Let me ask you about that since you said creatures. Yes. Uh, I think that was one of my favorite things about it is I felt like even though it was big CGI punch explosion fest for a, a lot of the movie, that it was inventive. Like, how it was actually shot. Like, it felt like I haven't seen this before. Yeah. Uh, And that uh, it was just the beautiful absurdity of people riding sharks, people riding giant seahorses, you know, weird lobster people saying, no, we will not join you. We are the proud lobster (laughs) people. I can't remember the actual titles. Um, Did you like that part of the movie? Did that speak to you, the weirdness of all the creatures? Yeah, yeah, it did because it, I feel like at first we were seeing um, versions of real creatures. Yeah. So then as we were getting deeper into actually uh, Atlantis and some of the fights, I think it was with the, the seahorse-like creatures were the first one that I, I was like, oh, these are not quite seahorses. Um, or they, are, they are giant seahorses to have people actually riding what's normally like a two-inch tall creature. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and that, and then I kind of, it was almost like a little gear in my brain switch. I was like, oh, oh, we're in fantasy underland and, or under, underland, <laughs> underwater, underwaterland, underwaterland. There we go. Uh, yeah. Then I really liked it because then I felt like it opened up this whole other world of storytelling because you could say, nope, we're not just sharks. It's not just whales. It's not real. And then you get into all the great, uh, cities underwater, and the architecture underwater, which I could go on and on about. Yeah. And, you know, getting into later parts of the story, some of the other creatures that you see underwater. And it just really brought you into that world to be able to tell the story that they're actually trying to sell. Yeah. Tell, not sell. Well, uh, sell. Well, sell. Yeah. yeah and, they, and they did well. They, yeah. they won the weekend. They sell it. They, they sell it. Uh, yeah. In like that octopus playing the drums, which a lot of people <laughs> have pointed at uh, in that uh, first fight scene between uh, Aquaman and his brother. Yeah. Uh, his half brother, Orm, Ocean Master. Um, like, it's such great tip of the iceberg storytelling to be like, did someone, like, is that a like a trained circus octopus who has been trained to play the battle drums? Mm-hmm. Is that an outcast from the other octopus people that live somewhere underwater yeah. who has come? To fulfill uh, their dreams of playing the drums during Atlantean combat. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just an octopus playing the drums, and it's so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about the women characters. Did mm-hmm. you enjoy... Uh, so, we had Mira, mm-hmm. and then we had uh, Atlanta. Yes. Aquaman's mom. Yeah. Is kind of the main uh, women characters. Yes. How did you feel about them? I thought they were fantastic. I mean, I... So, I am... I tend to be a fan of Nicole Kidman and I thought she was 
fantastic in this movie. I loved that fairly early on in the movie, you have a big fight scene with her. Very early on, yeah. Uh, you know, kicking ass. And I really, really liked that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I will say that I, you know, as I've said on other podcasts, I don't have a background reading comic books, so I don't have a background with some of these characters or yeah. with, you know, if who should be there, or who shouldn't be there. So for me, a lot of my entry points are the the movies or for some characters, the TV shows. But I there weren't a lot of female characters, but I felt like they had very strong, active presences. They were they were the instigation for their own movements. You know, yes. Atlanta came to shore the um the falling of love falling of love falling in love of her and uh, Arthur's father who's yeah. name I'm forgetting um Tom Curry Tom Curry felt very mutual so yes. I like mutual respect I'm always gonna you know th- but that was great that it was very mutual her choice to leave was very much her choice to protect her family yeah and then uh, with Mira I felt like her choice to go against some of what she probably should have done for the according to the rules because she wanted to save her society overall and her just, I mean, she had a lot of, um, I'm not thinking of the word that I want to think that I'm trying to say, but she just, she had a lot of her own gumption and a lot of her own capacity. And I felt like there was never damsel in distress in distress, which is what I sometimes don't like, Yeah, but it was two very strong female characters who were in charge of their own actions. Yeah. You know, I think what it is is even though that there was a, a romance story that, that developed, mm-hmm. That it felt very much like she was not there to support Aquaman's journey. It was that she needed him to save her society. And her motivation yeah. always felt like, I want to save my society. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I think you are the key to it. And I think you're a little <laughs> rough around the edges. I yeah. think you can do it. I believe in you. But that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, not because I am subservient. Yeah, because I'm subservient, not because I was, you know, swimming in the water and saw you and fell in love. And now I, you know, need to do whatever. Not that it's anything bad to fall in love with people. But exactly. I think it was she felt a higher calling yeah. to save her society and was going to do what needed to be done to do that. Yeah. And I think as you point out that when uh, Aquaman is stupidly having that fight with his half brother Orm, Ocean Master, uh, before he's ready, mm-hmm. the fact that she they do a good job of setting up how important that ritual is to society. Yeah. And that it's not just a kind of normal superhero thing for her to interrupt it. That's, that's sort of like a Senator being like, Oh, the president's about to be inaugurated who can't be inaugurated. And I'm going to jump in and stop the inaugural. Like yeah. you get the sense that that's a massive violation of this society that she is trying to save. And she truly, yeah. so I think that's a, a really cool thing that gives her a lot of strength. I think also, especially in that scene um, in Sicily, uh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, we have had so many decades now of trying to do better by women characters by just making them kick ass. And mm-hmm. it is great, literally kick ass. But in order for them to be truly great characters, they also have to be flawed, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that she is going on the same journey as Aquaman in the other direction of trying to understand where he comes from and trying to understand the culture of the land. Yeah. And that, that fleshes her out and makes her more interesting, I think, in that Sicily scene. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked, uh, and we and talked about this in person without microphones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we do sometimes. What? Um, but I liked the way that that scene was shot as it transferred back and forth and there were, that there were two separate fights going on with Mira and with uh, Aquaman. Then neither of them saved the other. Neither of them saved the other. And it was just truly like the, like you're on the rooftop of a different building and you're looking, oh, and I'm looking at this fight. Oh, no, now I'm going to look at this one that's in the distance. Oh, that one's kind of hard to see now. So I'm going to go back to this one. And they both, um, you know, throughout the main body of the fights, they were independent. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. both fighting. Uh, they're, they're both fighting the uh, ramifications of what they have done. Yeah. So for her, like a proud Atlantean to have the Atlantean guard come for her and she has to take responsibility for it. She did. And then as Aquaman uh, says very clearly uh, that he created an enemy by not saving Black Manta's father. Yeah. Uh, I should just take one quick uh, uh, moment to note 
that a part of the comic book fun is just that unlike a lot of other superhero movies, they went all in on making things look like they do in the comic books instead of nodding to them, getting close to them. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just Black Manta. That is exactly Ocean Master. When Aquaman talks to the fishes, there's the large circular motion. I love to the large circular motions of talking to the fishes. uh, So in that, there's a real joy in that. I think partially because it, it, the, again, the let's not apologize for this Mm -hmm. or try to hide it or try to make it make too much sense. Let's just do it. Yeah. You know? Let's celebrate it. Let's jump in. And there's a little like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to come up with some bizarre CGI, you know, cool you know, wave upon wave. It's just for his fish telekinesis, you know. Oh, just... yeah. I mean, honestly, that was one of my favorite parts. Uh, just in general, the him talking to the fish, I okay. liked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that in just a moment but yeah. uh, but but that specific um image yeah of the, the the concentric circles just going out. concentric circles yes that's great uh i also want to say that one of my very very favorite things in the entire movie is flying wine knives <laughs> <laughs> the guy squeezed your hand and looked over at you like he did she's, she's gonna she's gonna figure it out that even though she's not in in underwater there's still moisture around yep in the form of lots of wine yeah you were so excited it was was great it was so great uh another thing that's kind of weird that i liked Mm -hmm. and it's not because it's good it's just because it's weird is uh, well i love that timora morrison played uh, aquaman's father i think he's he's a great actor and i love to see him in more stuff uh he's got a, a great and impressive career but he is known by many nerds for playing Django fett and all of the mm-hmm. clones in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the movie, they're doing the young, making him look young technology. Mm-hmm. It, and it it's a little wonky. I thought his face looked a little weird and wonky, but it's just such a funny tradition because he is CGI'd endlessly in Attack of the Clones <laughs> and Revenge of the Sith as the clones. Yeah. There's never... There was never a person in armor physically walking through a set for Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Every clone is entirely CGI'd. Uh-huh. So it is just this amazing <laughs> tradition. <laughs> Let's do weird like- CGI to the amazing actor, Demora Morrison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. The tradition uh- continues. Let's talk a little bit about things that we maybe didn't like or weren't sure about. Yeah, um, I you mentioned this one earlier. Some of the some of the dialogue was um, not the best. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a little stiff. And I I guess for me, just kind of watching it, I didn't take the oh, is this an intentional choice because they're trying to make it feel like an early '80s romp um, or you know kind of crossover thing. I just felt like okay, some of this is just a little awkward, but it didn't overly interfere with my enjoying of the film let me ask you what parts you thought were awkward when i was saying like the sort of 80s i mean the scenes where these different societies uh the the brian king i think was the mm. the lobster yes. people yep. mm-hmm. uh them and the uh the fisher people yeah all of the stuff that is about these sort of fractured groups of atlantis mm-hmm. had this uh big sort of otherworldly societies talk pompously about our rituals and so it must be for the ancient waves have spoken to our like that kind of dialogue that i thought was seemed on purpose to be that sort of like yeah godlike dramatic yeah absolutely some of the clunky dialogue for me was even though i liked the content of what they were saying uh, a couple of the scenes between aquaman and mira totally felt like the and now the theme will be slapped about your face like a fish. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's it. I honestly I can't remember any specific examples off the top of my head. Um, but what I think of is scenes between Aquaman and Mira. OK, OK. Uh, and then I want to talk about the length. I, yeah, I think we both mentioned that is maybe a criticism. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we often see films at the Arclight. Mm hmm. The arc light has that little uh, introduction that uh, a staff member gives, and they have taken, I can't remember if they've always done it or if I'm just starting to notice it now, they announced the running time of the film. Yeah. And when, I hadn't looked up how long Aquaman was. Yeah. When they said in our showing, 
Aquaman has a runtime of two hours and 23 minutes. There was an audible, oh. <laughs> and half of our theater, I think, was like DC fans, Aquaman fans. There's some great cheer moments for yeah. Aquaman. And I think half of the audience was just like, let's see a movie. And the audience who were there to just like check out a movie were like, rest like not wrestling like uh restless they were yeah tussling like kids and i feel like it was partially because they knew it was long <laughs> where if they hadn't been told maybe the movie would have just washed over them yeah yeah how do you feel about all that uh, about the length of the movie or about the theater telling us the length of the movie the theater telling us i i mean i think that i a little bit had that reaction of like okay uh and i think um you know, a lot of times when we go to movies, I get tired in the evenings and I'm like, OK, here we go. And I don't it's not it's not like I actually fall asleep in movie theaters. But I I think I, there is that if it's more than two hours, or two hours and 10 minutes, there is that little bit of like, OK, but it didn't need to be. Yeah. And I think that I it did cross my mind during the film. Not any specific like, oh, this should have been tightened. But I felt like there were. It didn't necessarily need to be that long, in my opinion. Yeah. But I don't know that I would have had that reaction if the time had not been flashed in my face prior to the movie. Yeah. And I think having that time flash in my face made me more critical. Yep. And even though I liked all of the story with these sort of fractured communities, Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of that could have been condensed. I liked Willem Dafoe as as Volko. I like his late career twist where he's the nice uncle instead of the creepiest fucker on the planet, which Mm -hmm. had been his career before. But I feel like I don't know if we needed as much of an arc with him. I like that oh, he. I, I like that he was an uncle figure, but uh, yeah. I just I don't. I mean, there was a kind of the payoff where he got to say the same line back to Orm of, oh, "We'll put you in a make sure you're in a cell that has a view." Yeah, but there wasn't. You know, his relationship. He didn't. He didn't do anything to help Aquaman in the end. His relationship to mm-hmm. Aquaman never particularly paid off yeah is a a suit like he arthur has his real father tom on the land and then volko was kind of his step parent to represent atlanta but then mira and aquaman's mother uh, filled those those roles of support toward the end of the film that volko would have filled otherwise yeah although you did have the and and i agree that his story could have been tightened a little bit but i did enjoy the payoff moment of um when atlanta comes back yeah and vocal has watched over arthur as she had requested yeah and that's kind of when that all comes together that's a good point so i liked i did really like that payoff i felt like it was almost like a, a generational payoff yeah yeah that's great so i did like that okay um, another thing that I, I, a little tweak that would have been lovely for me yeah. is I felt like, uh, they gave Aquaman like g- good fun jokes mm-hmm. and I feel like other characters could have had a few more jokes <laughs> in their actual dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a little one. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I want to talk about the Lovecraft influence just a little bit. Yes, please uh, do. This should be in things I liked because I love the Lovecraft <laughs> the, the, uh, the scene on the way to the realm where the creature was and where uh, where the suit and the trident and Aquaman's mom, all that, that all of those creatures, that horde of creatures and that great shot where you see them with the flare and you see how many of those creatures are. Yeah, the one underwater where they're going down and all the creatures are yeah. surging up around them. I love that, that image. Beautiful so shot. Powerful. It, yeah, and that was a great example, I think, of kind of subverting some of the action movie tropes when... We, we've learned how kick-ass Aquaman and Mira are. And mm-hmm. she says, there are too many of them. And you're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see like, oh, yes, there are. Yeah. There actually are. Um, th- I mean, that's just so straight out of Lovecraft, like these children of Dagon specifically. But the thing that, I'm, uh, that I want to hear director's commentary, uh, maybe somebody, maybe James Wan has answered this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. In... An early shot of the film, they established that Tom Curry has an H.P. Lovecraft book, yeah. which is a great nod to, hey, there's going to be some influences from Lovecraft. Yeah. And there certainly are that big uh, creature that uh, Aquaman has to pass the test to get the trident in the suit. It got a very great old one vibe. Mm-hmm. Got a very Cthulhu vibe. Uh, 
so that's cool. But Lovecraft, not Aquaman, Lovecraft has at least two very sea-identified creatures and stories. There's the Shadow over Innsmouth, which is about the god Dagon and all of the f- weird, creepy fish people mm-hmm. who live in Innsmouth. And then there is the actual Call of Cthulhu, the most famous uh, Lovecraft story that has Cthulhu attacking people in a boat on an ocean. Mm-hmm. And the book that they used was the Dunwich Horror, which is a very earthbound East Coast thing about a horrible creature in a barn. <laughs> the climax happens on a big earthy hill. Yeah. And it was just like one of those uh, uh, incredibly weird moments of like, I just, I, I want to pause the movie. And, you know, if I had his number, text James Wan and go like, why'd you pick the Dunwich Horror? Yeah. Instead of either of these aquatic Lovecraft stories. But I'm sure it's, I don't know, I shouldn't say I'm sure. It would be fascinating to know if it's just like, that's my favorite. Yeah. Or if there's a very specific reason, because when yeah. we were talking about this, I feel like, well, it's, um, in Tom Curry's Lighthouse, he is Earthbound, and yes. so that's his book. Ooh. So it's it's kind of showing his perspective, which is Earthbound, and so much of the rest of the movie is going to be Waterbound. <laughs> that would have been so great if they then flashed to a shot of uh, Nicole Kidman's character Atlanta reading Call of Cthulhu, and then like, wow, <laughs> he's an Earth monster person, and yeah. she's a sea monster person, yeah. and yet they found love. Especially when she's, if maybe if she's when she's. Um, in the um, the hidden sea or the lost sea yeah. location, where you know in the center of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit about themes. Yeah, because I think this is one of the things that really pulled the movie together for me. Mm-hmm. I love that even though it was a little uh, uh, ham fisted, a little beat you over the head. I really love that the theme was empathy because I think it's that's just any time that we can have a chance to reflect on trying to understand other people's point of view so obviously Mm -hmm. the whole thing that he's trapped between two worlds so therefore he is the only one who understands them both enough to bring them together Mm -hmm. uh the idea that all of these societies are fractured and they need to be brought together not through war or violence but by understanding the fact that aquaman and mira are learning to understand one another's worlds Mm -hmm. and more than anything the fact that he wins his big trial by talking to the creature. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that that is his intrinsic power is to reach out and to communicate and to ask favors. And it's it's even layered in like the that fun scene in the bar early on where he thinks it's going to be a fight with the people who approach him because they want to make fun of Fish Boy. Yeah. But instead... It's, ah, they want to take a selfie and have a few drinks. And at first he's not sure. And then it's maybe the beer, but maybe some empathy. And then, you know, he gets into it. Yeah. Um, so how do, do you, did you have the same strong reaction to that uh, idea? Did that come through to you? Like when you, when the movie was over, were you like, I just saw a movie about empathy? <laughs> no, I wasn't. But the, part of that is just, I, I was like, fun. <laughs> Water. Wave of fun. Waves washing over me. Yeah. Um and I just that that is the way that I see movies as I was stuck with that as opposed to like what is my theme? Um but I I absolutely agree that that is called out throughout it and I think um one of the things that I that I did love without um uh, that is empathetic. I'm let me complete one complete sentence possibly. But the scene where he does get the uh, trident of uh, Atlan, I believe yeah. the, the old king, um, the fact that talking to the creature the, and the fact that he is able to communicate and not everybody can communicate with the other sea creatures is a nice pairing of the fact that he can communicate between the land people and the Atlanteans, but he also can communicate with a lot of the creatures down underwater and I loved that idea of it, which is then boiling down to empathy. Yeah. So I completely agree. Yeah. It isn't wasn't what I pulled out from it, but I love just the idea of listening and talking and uh, yeah, having empathy. Yeah, I think there's uh, having a lot of fun with the criticisms of Aquaman over the years of like there's the famous gifts that are from the Super Friends cartoon of him just like writing a dolphin you know mm-hmm. and things like that uh, and not writing it respectfully but like you know it's got it tethered up you know yeah. and things like that yeah uh in that joke of like oh, does Aquaman just boss fish around but that this was very careful to see like though they he, he is in general 
he comes off gruff and he's got that line about like I've taught I've been taught to never show vulnerability. Yes. Um, but that he clearly reaches out and is like, "Hey, whale, I really need some help. Could you could you help me?" Like, yeah. He is all, he is shown to be asking, not demanding, when he communicates with the fish, and I love that when he reaches out to the giant Cthulhu monster. The Mary Poppins narrated, <laughs> Julie Andrews. yeah, voiced by Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins Cthulhu. Yeah, it's not like don't you know you don't know what you're messing with. It's like please, all right, you got me. I'm beat. Uh, what do, what do you want from me? like? Yeah. It's so a place of non-aggression but communication. Yeah, yeah, and I loved the connection that that was that nobody had talked to the creature since Atlan, and so made that ability to be able to. And I, I don't know the lore. Maybe other people can and they just don't use it or they've yeah. forgotten how to. And he still has that um, ability. And then also when they um, they get back and there's the big battle scene and they're trying to end the big battle scene. And he communicates to all the sharks and other creatures that people in the battle are riding. Riding that. Yeah. And then and so then it's not necessarily that the people stop the fight. It's that the creatures that they're riding stop the fight yeah and you get we which i loved that moment. and it's so fun to imagine like because it's been established that he's not just sending out waves of feeling that he is saying things as explicit as say could we hide in your mouth for a bit like he's (laughs) he's saying shit you know so you get the idea of well what exactly did he say to the sharks and the seahorses of like you don't have to put up with this bullshit my man yeah like and that's so interesting because I didn't take that uh, when I watched it that he was saying something to the whale. I but I think you're totally right. Maybe um, maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but that's the way I interpreted it. Yeah, no, that's it's, it's great. Yeah, how do you send out the emotion? I would like to hide in your mouth. Yeah, or just help, you help. Know. Yeah, yeah. Because like with when he's little and in the aquarium with his schoolmates, and he kind of talks to the. Uh, there, fish. it seems more like he's just emoting. I am in danger. I'm scared. Yeah. And then the the shark comes. Oh yeah, so the, the shark biting its nose up. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so th- we talked a little bit about uh, the theme of empathy. How did you feel about the theme of being trapped between two worlds? Did that get a little melodramatic for you, or did you find it relatable? Um, honestly, um, and this might be something that on rewatch I might vehemently disagree with what i'm about to say but i don't feel like that was a theme that for me was underlined a lot okay i felt like we started there we started there a lot with um the relationship between arthur's parents Mm -hmm. and then with um arthur not wanting to become aquaman fully and trying to stay on land and being being torn but then i felt like once he actually went underwater he went to atlanta to me then the that kind of stopped it was me. It was a one of the secondary themes, but it was, um, it was underwater. <laughs> it was submerged. Yeah. Um. And so to me, it, it wasn't overly underlined because I felt like that kind of became part of the story, but not one of the key themes of the story. Okay. Cool. Cool. Did you feel like it was um overemphasized? No, because I think it is one of those very simple ideas that is very relatable. I think most people have found themselves without literally being I am of the land I am of the sea yeah. trapped between trapped between friend groups trapped between uh jobs that you want or or just I think everybody knows that feeling of like everybody at work sees this version of me but then mm-hmm. I go out with my friends at night and it's not even like I go out and I get drunk but just like that not even binary of like you can go seven different places and feel like you're kind of seven different versions of yourself yeah and I like that this is a movie about somebody who's like, well, you have to find all of your good qualities. Everyone, like the literal, not everybody knows it, but the whole world needs you to be king. And you're right. Right now, you are a shitty king. So <laughs> you will have to learn this. You know, yeah. you will have to marry all these parts of yourself and learn skills that maybe you don't have or don't come naturally. Yeah. I find all of that really, yeah. really inspiring. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you have one specific favorite line or scene or character that we haven't touched on or mm. we, you can revisit if we've already covered your, your favorite moment? Um, I'm just going to say as a thing that I think I touched on briefly, but I really liked the design of the underwater world. Yeah. Uh, in particular, the design of Atlantis, of the city design, and also the design of the, um, the kingdom under the sand and the sahara yeah um i just really liked that i felt like the 
I felt like there's a very strong uh, aesthetic of what the architecture was and also of how it changed throughout the years. And you've got, you know, the city that had collapsed into the ocean. Yeah. And I just, I really liked the, what I felt to be a very clear vision of the architecture of the different places. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think uh, for me, there's so many different things I loved. I love the very love craftian element mm-hmm. uh, i love that scene of them fighting those monsters yeah uh, i love that submarine scene but the one that when i just close my eyes and think like i can't wait to see aquaman again is that fight in sicily oh I think, interesting i think because it's you know it's a fun contrast to the rest of the movie that obviously it's a little bit more on location mm-hmm. um and i really like that it feels like a james bond movie just mm-hmm. like the way it's shot the way the camera kind of flies over those rooftops in that travel and it I just like to see all of these different genres I like kind of coming together and blending yeah and everything that's going on in that fight is a it's kind of a I think really well staged fight and really funny stuff with like sometimes their weight is supported by a building sometimes it's not yeah uh and Black Manta is just so straight from the comic books that's so fun to see yeah uh and the, of course, the flying wine knives. So there's just <laughs> there's so much in that scene. So much to love. The whole Sicily scene, uh, you know. Also, that's where Mira is learning to see. Oh, look, these people uh, are not any different than, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're essentially, you know, sentient creatures with needs and wants and feelings. And mm-hmm. let's make dolphins for children. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what did the movie make you? want to do when you leave the theater this is a question i like asking on all of our obsessed reviews because to me that's it's an essential thing of getting back to when you were a kid and you'd see a certain movie and you're like i want to be a star pilot right now or i want to be a singer you know like yeah what did you want to do when you left the theater and that's such a good question and i have such a not great answer for it (laughs) because i really liked the movie i found it so fun and i also think i was just affected by all the water and so it, I was both very excited and very calm. <laughs> and so I, I just had that like, the, I want to be both excited and calm. That was what I think it made okay. me want, which is, which is great, which is, I think. Uh, You're of two <laughs> maybe, worlds. Maybe speaks to me of my, my <laughs> sense of who I am. Of, I want to be both excited about things and then also calm and enjoy the water and the world. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really dumb thing, but I'm trying to answer honestly. Yeah. It made me want to do a photo shoot with a trident. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's so many uh, like almost comically repeated images of him towards the end of like, I have the trident, I have the costume, boom, I'm yeah. Aquaman now. And uh, on the absurd side of it, especially uh, here in Los Angeles where uh, movies get plastered everywhere and yeah. every billboard is... A movie and half of this city is Aquaman yeah. right now. You can't ignore it. And the all of the the shoots of him are so over the top. Like the one in particular uh, where it's him and Mira and like the water is splashing behind them. Yes. Like I, I would absolutely believe that there is a fragrance called Aquaman <laughs> coming out. You know, it mm-hmm. looks. And that, I think there is something about me that's just like I loved the uh, over-the-topness of it. And there's yeah. a part of me that's like, it would be fun to put on Aquaman costume and just do a really dumb over-the-top photo shoot of like, I am Aquaman. I am other water guy. I love it. And I know what we're doing in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I am Duke of water. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. All right. So here's another uh, fun question for yeah. you. If you could communicate with fish like Aquaman, mm-hmm. what kind of fish would you want to talk to? What would you ask them to do? Ooh, uh, just one kind of fish. I would, I would want to communicate with. Ooh, that's such a good question, and I don't have. Um, I'm gonna want to say I want to communicate with. Ooh, do you like? Um, do you want me to offer something? I was gonna say cod, but. <laughs> But here's the thing: is I do eat fish, and I don't want to. Then I would. Then I would have to stop eating. Cod. Yeah. Um. Y- what were you going to suggest? Well, I was going to ask narwhals because you you like the narwhals, right? I do. You've been fascinated I do. Oh, by narwhals yeah, recently. Yes, I guess I was focusing on fish. If it's all uh, underwater creatures, I'm gonna. Yeah, definitely narwhals, with a runner-up of starfish. Ooh, why starfish? Because I just feel like that would be really cool. We could we could go um, like 
make a raft and go floating in the ocean together. We could do arts <laughs> and crafts together. I feel like it would be really fun. I would love to know what their perspective on life is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would want to be able to communicate with dolphins, not to ask anything of them, but just to see how smart they are. Like, yeah. like oh. truly, because obviously there's there's been lots of interactions with dolphins of, of you know, dolphin scientists, yeah. for lack of a better term. Uh, I in the whole Douglas Adams so long and thanks for all the fish. I'm yeah. really curious to see like what how smart are you like what do you think about you know what yeah. are your wants what are your needs <laughs> yeah absolutely I think that's a great choice yeah yeah see if they would maybe like to watch movies with me mm-hmm. in a exactly. tank yeah yeah <laughs> see if the dolphins would ever be willing to be a guest on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> click 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 click. Uh, all right, we are going to move on as we always have, regardless of the exact kind of structure we have for Obsessed. We always have a few how obsessed are you questions, so let's dive in. You already answered my first question. Did you immediately want to see this movie again? Yes. Yes. Uh, we're <laughs> going to we're gonna buy it on Blu-ray, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where it wasn't like, I want to turn around and go into the next showing of it. Some movies I've seen where I'm like, I want to see this again tomorrow. And this one wasn't necessarily that, but it was very much, yes, I want to see it again, and I look forward to that. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing it again, because mm-hmm. I think there are always going to be scenes and shots from like, that's so great. But some of the mo- parts of the movie that I think were flawed might like wear on me a little bit more Yeah, from seeing it again. Yeah. Or it might be just like the, the, I love this table that only has three legs. Look at it wobble. It's so much fun, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Uh, but I know that I'll delight in seeing some of those very specific scenes again. So yeah, I absolutely. Look to it. And I love watching things again to just be like, oh, now this is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. By the time your life is over, how many times do you want to have seen this film? <laughs> it's a macabre question. question. <laughs> it is a macabre question, yeah. but it's one that weighs on me because there's so much content. Yeah. It's again just going from that perspective of like, when Batman came out in 1989, mm-hmm. that was not just like, oh, cool movie. That was like, great. Now I have this in the long, long, dry stretches where there is nothing superhero ever. Yeah. Instead of, I have to watch Aquaman real quick because in two seconds there will be 18 more superhero movies. Right. So right. it's That's it's true. a real choice to make yeah. it a part of your life. Yeah. I'm going to say a minimum of three times. Okay. And I would like at least four. <laughs> you're, you're really bargaining with yourself I am, I am. all right three to four lifetime viewings of aquaman as a minimum is a minimum yeah all right that's great uh i think it's a good holiday movie i think it came out at the oh, right yeah. time yeah uh all right would you ever want to be transported into the reality of this movie would you want to be stuck in this conflict well here's the different thing worlds is uh i mean i would not want to be aquaman that is not my goal because you don't want to be a ruler, uh, that's too much beer. You're not a fan of tattoos. <laughs> too much beer. Um, I just I feel like that is not the role that I would want in this okay. world. But I I'm torn because part of me is like, yes, this looks like an amazing world. But I also feel like we saw enough of the outside. We saw the ruling cr- class. Yeah, and we know that the ruling class like has the ability to breathe in air and the other people don't right that's or the mm, other that's and so interesting. that's an interesting thing and also you get the sense especially from Mira but even from Volko and the fact that they killed Arthur's mother um it seems like a very or they attempted uh, to or they yeah. yes attempted to sorry um like a very structured um hierarchical society that has clear rules and laws that you must follow and I feel right. like if you fit within that that's great and if you don't there might not be a place for you. So I love the concept of it, but I suspect I would find it constricting. You are right that we should point out that their society, even with Ocean Master being a jerk, is not portrayed as being super great, what with the arranged marriages yes. that women are forced into. And it seems like a very patriarchal society. And I think I would be sort of like, Ugh, about some of that, if it wasn't that the sequel is clearly set up to be Aquaman's going to change some stuff is king and how is that mm-hmm. going to go yeah yeah and if i could be like you know like i could be the underwater bass player that plays with the octopus like that might be really cool <laughs> yes i want to drum with that octopus <laughs> i want to play the triangle well uh well the octopus drums uh all right would you buy and wear underwear based on this movie yeah you looked like you were gonna say no and then a yeah came oh, out no i mean i think i would buy and wear underwear i mean there's certainly lots of things i would not 
buying wear underwear based on. But yeah, yeah I think that'd be fun. Okay. Yes, I, I would I would happily wear scales. <laughs> as okay. long as they're made out of human friendly fabric. Just going to put this out here. I, you know, the holidays have passed yeah. uh, for this year. Uh, as as we're recording and mm-hmm. releasing this, but I'm just saying, if you know, my we birthday do. rolls around, and you know, there's some aqua merch. Yeah, that's I wouldn't be upset. You'd be up for that. Yeah. Here's a question for you: Would you like um, a life size <laughs> body pillow that's a trident? <laughs> Except you know, like, but not uh, stabbing me. Yeah. So be soft, plushy. Yeah. Sure, I would love a trident body pillow. Yeah, that you could just like you could use that for your photo shoot of curl up on the beach <laughs> with your head on the the top of the trident. It's gold. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go for it. Okay. Uh, a little uh, scaly underwear for you and a body pillow <laughs> trident for me, just like everybody does. <laughs> would you strand someone you love on a desert island with only this movie? Now, I need to rework on uh, rephrase that question. Loved one's already stranded. You can give them one movie. <laughs> would you give them Aquaman? Um, Actually, yeah, I think this would be a pretty good one because you're surrounded by water. Um, <laughs> so it would give you hope that there is life in the water that can help you. Okay. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, if you were swimming underwater, mm-hmm. you were going to go to a magical underwater showing of Aquaman. Yeah. But you had to swim past a shark to get into the underwater magic movie theater, Mm -hmm. would you do it? Can I choose that it not be a great white? (laughs) Sure, Sure. it can be a hammerhead. Sure. It's still scary. Yeah, I'd swim past it. Is that because you're not generally frightened of sharks? Is it because you feel like the message of the movie is we should all just, if you can give off waves of empathy, the shark won't be like... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of it's the message of the movie. I'm assuming that it's multiple people are going to this movie. So yeah. a lot of people are going past it. So, you know, it's not just like, okay, Sarah, here's your test. Swim past the shark that hasn't eaten for a week. <laughs> and then you get to watch this movie. In that case, I'm going to say no. Yeah, fair enough. Yes. Um, like if I had like if a this bunch is a of... challenge of we know the shark wants to eat you will you swim directly in front of it? Yeah. Then I'm going to say no, because that's just uh, inviting myself to be eaten by a shark. Which yes, I'm which Aquaman is not do. worth having a limb bitten off by a shark. Oh. Like, yes, if I was made to wear a suit of chum, I would not uh, yeah. swim past the shark. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, it would, that would be a pretty fun test to be like, can you embrace the, uh, the different world and yeah. see that not all sharks are monsters and trust. Yeah. Put, put your fear... Put Shark Week behind you yeah. and just swim past the peaceful shark who just wants to watch Aquaman underwater. Yeah. Magic. And, you know, if there could be like a metal cage side between me and the shark, that'd be even better. <laughs> I can be in the cage. The shark doesn't have to be in the cage. I don't I know can be in the cage. if cages really <laughs> go along with the idea of empathy. Like, look, we're all the same, except you belong in the cage. No, no, no. I'm the one in the cage. <laughs> oh, you're in the cage. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not putting the shark in the cage. I'm just in like a cage that's being transported. No, And I didn't okay. even say cage. I just like, you know, I'm I'm just saying I'm not opposed <laughs> to a little extra protection. All right. A, an underwater cage for an underwater viewing of Aquaman is like box seats. So why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. Fair enough. If this movie, if Aquaman was a person, would you try to become its best friend? I don't know about best friend, but friend, yes. Yeah. Definitely. I think drinking buddy for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels yeah. like it feels like Aquaman has some stuff to go through. Like, yeah, I want absolutely. to be a good friend and be there for Aquaman. Yeah. But I certainly want to hang out with Aquaman and see how it's going. Yeah, I want to hang out with Aquaman. I want to hear how life's going. I feel like, um, you know, we could. Yeah, I would absolutely like to be Aquaman's friend. We could. Spend you were going to say we together. could what? No, I, I was just trying to. <laughs> Uh, I was going nowhere. It sounded like I was going somewhere. But yeah, I feel like, you know, you want to see Aquaman a few times a year. (laughs) Yeah. Be sure to check up with them on Facebook, right? Check up with the movie Aquaman um, on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You know, follow each other on Instagram. (laughs) All right. Final, uh, uh, not final How Obsessed Are You question, but uh, final uh, uh, part of the How Obsessed Are You system that we have here on Obsessed. I want you to rate your obsession level with this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go on a scale of one to seven. Yeah. Seven being the highest, one being the lowest. 
How obsessed are you with the movie Aquaman? I'm going to give myself a four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Because I really like it, but I don't feel like it's... um, it's going to be what, like a daily obsession for me. Yeah. Yeah. I will go a How little about higher. For you? Yeah. I'll go five. Uh, I yeah. think five because I am very excited by having variety in superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of getting to one end of the spectrum. Um, I think it's got, it, it's in the DCEU canon and it's yeah. got some gritty, oh, life is hard moments. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to make it fit but it is still just so bright and fun and I, I love that uh, concept of empathy so I think I'll yeah. just be thinking about the idea of it and the visual of it and for my obsession the fact that it's not perfect makes me a little bit more obsessed because I'll want to spend more time thinking and, and looking about it yeah looking at it looking about it look at, I want to about look it. about Aquaman <laughs> because yeah. I am English I shall look about <laughs> Aquaman I actually expected you to go a little higher than five. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think maybe I'm a six right now as we record. Yeah, yeah. I will settle into a five. That makes sense. Yeah. And I might be a four right now and I might settle into a, a three and a half. 3.5. Yeah. Okay. When I do my, fo- my photo shoot, that will be a seven. Yeah. <laughs> when I have my Trident <laughs> body pillow, it will be unspeakably high obsession level. All right. We are going to close this out uh, by making noises to sum up our reaction to the film... <laughs> Aquaman. So, uh, what noise can you make to sum up your interest in this movie? I'm going to start by saying I cannot make the noises that I wish I could, but okay. I'm going to make a noise anyway because that's what this is all about. Um, <laughs> would you like an explanation of what that was? I would. Uh huh. So that was. Um, it was first just like the water lapping, but then it became the concentric circles communicating oh, with the animals. Nice. And then the was. Uh, a combination of like metal and also the hair flip. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, like physical metal or heavy metal? Both. <laughs> yes. All right. As I've been doing this podcast, mm-hmm. people often ask me when I make them ask them to make a noise if they can say words. Yeah. And I have accepted that words are indeed a form of noise. Okay, I'd like to hear your noise. My noise to sum up my reaction to Aquaman is badass. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? Badass. <laughs> I just love that's the way Aquaman talks. Badass. Uh, any other final thoughts from you on Aquaman? No, no. But I think this was a great conversation about it, and I look forward to watching it again. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it either. Uh, and I want to thank everyone for listening. I think this movie is going to be a little controversial. It seems like as it came out, uh, it was one of those movies that it looked like maybe people were going to have fun bashing it Mm -hmm. uh and i do think it is definitely a movie that that has some flaws but i think if you're looking for something that loves comic books yeah and wants to share the joy of a man wearing bright orange and green talking to sharks and flipping (laughs) his hair about then aquaman is a movie for you and i think you should check it out thank you so much for listening that is our podcast You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. All right, I feel very bad because I forgot a sea creature that I would love to communicate to. Yeah. And that is the manatee, the sea cow. (laughs) Would you like to talk to a sea cow? Yes, I would. All right, let's go.